Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Lizer on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Oh boy, uh, the, what we're going to talk about today, I don't know where or how or what or, or in what manner we can even look to where to begin with it. But Tiger King has taken over the viewing, uh, the viewership around the world, and we have uh, one of our favorite guests coming up on the show as well, Larry Tissoni of Megaplex Theaters, but Adrian Leiser, wh- how, how do we begin? All I can say is, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. No, don't uh, say that. It's time. Don't it's, say uh, that. And, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> if you thought you were getting too much Tiger King on your Twitter and all that, well, too bad, because we're going into it a little bit, because I finally got Austin to watch a little bit. No, I watched the whole thing. No, I mean, it, right through finally, yeah, finally got him to watch it, and uh, he came in after he'd watched four episodes yesterday. After four minutes of episode one, yeah. and I was like, eh. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't really know where to start either, but we don't talk a lot of TV on the show, Austin, but I'm excited to get into it a little bit, because yeah. uh, true crime documentaries are always so fascinating, and uh, this one, so, the <laughs> the entire cast it they don't make sense in a real world and yet and yet you got it i i i wish to god above this was fiction you think it's a spoof when you start oh, i'm not even kidding and it's so gross that it's a real thing right. uh, but uh every time by the way that every time she says what's uh what's up all you cool hey cats all you cool kittens? cats and kittens i can feel here i can feel my soul following her like the eyes in indiana jones on the temple of doom or whatever that was it's like i don't want to go towards the light but here i go it's like she sucks me right into the cult and i'm like no so let's start austin with, hey all you cool cats and kittens you're uh satan when you watch this i don't i don't even know how to ask your thoughts but we could talk about each character well you know i actually did want to you know how you can google uh, a synopsis when we have the movie zone phone yeah, yeah. The movie zone phone guy gives us the little snapshot of what the movie's going to be about i thought let's have you and i try to do that ourselves because it can't go on forever the sna- the snapshot of us of a sh- how would you even begin to write the google snapshot of what this show is about this is what the question was two weeks ago when it came out when everyone was when it was just starting was what's it about <laughs> And I said, I don't know. The first time I, I just saw the preview thing on Netflix, and it just says, uh, you know, big cat, murder, mayhem, all this. But I think the the only way to describe it, I think my synopsis is a man in Oklahoma who runs a zoo uh, puts out a hit. Uh, by the way, this is a spoiler full cast. So There's no way we can talk about this yeah, without spoiling yeah. um, A man in a zoo owner in, in in Oklahoma puts out a hit on a woman who runs another zoo and they also have a third zoo friend and then <laughs> um and then uh, there's some there's too many tigers and there's polygamy uh there's both kinds of like there's a there's pl- plural marriages um there's cults there's a straight up um drug kingpin who runs a zoo yeah um, and he might be the most normal guy on the show. Who who Scarface was supposedly based on. Right. He, He's in the show. He got 100 years in prison, but only served 12. And he runs a zoo in uh, Miami. Um, no, he doesn't run a zoo anymore. Or just, it's like a private collection. Yeah, it's private, <laughs> him and his wife sleep with baby monkeys in their bedroom. Uh, um, and you're right. They might be the most sane. They, they might be the most sane. Um, and this just this whole world. And basically, it's about this guy who... 
the basic part of it is Joe Exotic's feud with Carol Baskins and kind of how it basically drove him insane almost how much he hated this woman who runs Big Cat Rescue in uh, in Florida. Which and, is not a Big Cat Rescue. And um, how she targeted Joe Exotic and how he just, he lost his mind about it. And, and he, then a fourth character rolls in. And, and then Jeff and Lowe, who's takes the, over. the angel investor yeah. who buys the zoo, essentially, out from under Joe Exotic. Also, this guy ran for president. That's where I and, knew him originally, And then the he ran for governor of Oklahoma. Or vice versa. Wasn't the he ran for first? president first, oh, okay. and then he didn't want to wait four years. Oh, yeah. Remember? So well, he, he ran, ran for, for governor. governor. And that's just a side story, this whole thing. But um, just a fascinating look into... And the, what the... the the thing about it that stood out to me, the whole with the big cats thing totally goes by the wayside. You feel bad for the animals the entire series, but by the as you're watching it, you're not there for the animals anymore. You're not there to learn about what the plight of the big cats is. You're there to find out what Joe Exotic did to get Carol Baskins. Yeah, because now we're talking about murder for hire right. and drug kingpins and, and uh, fraud. And, uh, and uh, some guy who runs a shop where he has a pet lemur, but I don't know what he sells in that shop. Well, and it's not just that one shop that he owns. He owns several different right. types of business right. that are illegitimate. Right. So, and uh, it, it's and he turns FBI informant right. on everybody to save his own behind. But the the now here's the I will say this I, I watched every single episode could be its own standalone. You could make a movie, right. a ninety minute to two hour feature film on ev- on just one episode at a time. Now they're only forty five to an hour, forty five minutes to an hour each. But you could make a movie, start to finish movie on each episode by themselves. Then when you put it all together and you finally watch episode seven, it almost I it almost felt like that it's not over. I'm like, well, right. what happens next? Well, it's because it's still going. Right. It, the crazy thing is, it's happened like Joe Exotic went into prison in 2019. Last year, last year he was he was sentenced, not, and to, not at the beginning of last yeah, year. He was sentenced yeah. to twenty two years for the murder for hire plot and also uh, trafficking and breeding had, exotic animals. He had nineteen felonies counts against him, and he was found guilty on all nineteen. Right, and he's ser- currently serving twenty two years in prison. Um, and so, uh, but and he's a man who allegedly, but no, now convicted, burned down a portion of his zoo. That had records, uh, yeah. video footage, things that would prove him guilty, and burned it to the ground, made it look like someone else had done it out of as a hate crime. And the worst part of that was it was the, also the house for the alligators that he uh, owned, and they all perished right. in this fire. And he tried to do it just to, A, get himself to look more innocent, and B, tried to pin it on... I think he was trying to pin it on Carol Baskin. Yep, and some of the most like if we talk about who's no angel herself. If we talk about some of the uh, most shocking moments in the show, um, of course the uh, allegation that Carol killed her husband. We obviously it's just they they her ex husband her yeah, ex husband. Yeah. They they paint a picture that um, uh, makes it very interesting. I'll say in the least way. Well, the man's dis- the man disappeared. Five years later, had never he never heard or seen anything from him. So a judge declared him dead. She then collects on all the money, and it's because in the will, instead of saying on my un, uh, upon my untimely death, it says what, Adrian? Upon my disappearance. Which it's never said that in any will, right. ever. So that was shocking. The lawyer, Joe Exotic's lawyer, how they got the footage of that 
where he insinuates to Joe that you never see the lawyer's face, but he insinuates to Joe that he should burn down that building. The only way out of this, you know what I'm talking about, Joe. Yeah, or whatever he says. And yep. Um, one of oh. Joe's husbands, his death, probably about oh, the most gosh. shocking thing on the show, how he died. Yeah. Um, because uh, he was off screen, but uh, uh, he, you know, he put a gun to his head, and uh, you see the reaction of the people in the room. Yeah, the security footage of the building they're in. Now, like you said, the, he's out of frame, but the people that s- witness his death aren't out of frame. Right. And you see their raw, real-life reaction to witnessing someone. It was, you know, allegedly uh, an accident. Right. But it was his death. He died right there yeah. in front of him. And this this movie is not a, obviously, at this point you can tell and have heard. It's not for kids. It's not a family feature. This is a Maury Povich <laughs> Uh, looks like he's producing Sunday school videos with his TV shows compared to what goes on in this show. And that's just basically just the Joe Exotic part. You got Doc Antle down there in uh, South Carolina, yeah, Myrtle Beach, or Myrtle, yeah. yeah, in Myrtle Beach, and he, you know, he's got he's got um, houses built on the the campus there. I don't know what to call it on the grounds for each one for each of his wives or his partners, as he calls them, uh, and just the the what he put they put the workers through. It's just. It is so it's so fascinating and it's a wild ride from start to finish. You know what I learned the absolute most from watching it? What? Brainwashing is not only real, but these people make it look easy. Every I, one of them's a master brainwasher. I think there is they say it a lot, there is something to be said about the intoxication of the animals that really suck people in because you see all you see celebrity Shaquille O'Neal makes an appearance on this which he has done his best in the last couple of weeks to uh, clean up his image when it comes to that um, but there is something about you know what does everybody see say when they see a tiger cub when you get to play with a tiger like cub like everybody you see all these customers and everything just like they are infatuated and obsessed with these animals some of, some of the admission to some of these parks is $600 right and it's it's that is kind of the the like you're talking about the the brainwashing the cult like atmosphere of these places is the fact that like they're right like Jeff Lowe the angel investor he would throw these wild parties because he would sneak tiger cubs into hotels in suitcases so he could get women up to his room Ugh. so that they could take pictures with white tiger cubs and things like that. Yeah. And the you know the that world is just crazy, and I, I'm not at all condoning it, but you can see how people become intoxicated with that lifestyle, right? Whereas parties and these exotic animals, like you're going to a party and there's a liger there and maybe a chimpanzee and this guy, Doc Antle, rides into every part. He rides his elephant around town. Yeah. There's a scene where you see him ride his elephant to the local pond where people are water skiing right. and fishing. And he's just hanging out there. And he's bathing with his elephant. Right. Next to a motorboat right. speeding through the, 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 the lake and there. People are, and those people, what are they doing? Watching him, watching and taking, taking video. pictures. Right, yeah, they're like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, that guy has an elephant." It's unbelievable. This this show, it, it's you don't feel good watching the show. No, but I would encourage anybody of uh, the right age and volition to watch this show so that you know exactly what it's about. Now, the the, the worst part of all, Adrian, mm-hmm. that well, not the worst part of it. I mean, there's heinous, heinous, horrendous, ugly things that take place. But what disheartened me greatly was that every single one of these people, it's uh, as though the most brilliant of writer minds in Hollywood dreamed them up 
and wrote them into existence. But they're real-life people living among us in society. And that terrifies me to no end. Yeah. That this level of evil is could be a field away from you in Oklahoma or a, a, a Everglade away from you in Florida or a hop skip of a rock on a pond away from you in Myrtle Beach or Texas mm. or uh, Las Vegas. Or they even had... Now, they show a map of the United States and how many big cat uh, uh, enclosures or whatever, refuges that some people call them refuges, uh, others would call them prisons. Mm -hmm. They show a map of the United States with red dots on wherever these are located. There's a red dot somewhere in northern Utah. Yeah. And that terrified the crap out of me. That somebody could be along the lines of these people just right here. Yeah. And and they then you see even stuff like Joe Exotic who is on has been taped and and is brash. He has his own TV show on the internet that he is completely just uncut and unedited, threatening this woman's life, he's shooting mannequins with her face on right. them, saying in he's the going to mail her poisonous snakes. Which, and she which he she did. opened her mailbox and there were poisonous snakes in her mailbox. And he's allowed to go down on the show. They show this. He's allowed to go down to fill-in-the-blank department store and buy dynamite and ammunition and automatic <laughs> weapons and just walk right out of there because it's his American right to have these things. And he's just and he's a, he's a, he's an evil, evil person. That was the most disheartening to me was these nightmarish characters that uh, a Hollywood writer would dream up to put in a movie and it would be a five-star movie and it would be rated R and it would have yeah. Oscar buzz around it. No, it's real life. That's terrifying. Yep, it, it's it's wild. I suggest you watch it if you're looking for some sort of true crime documentary thing. And uh, it's not for the kids, but I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you at least got some, uh, as entertainment value goes, it was high. Yeah. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Please. Everyone out there has a thought, like Please. I just said on this. At Austin Horton, at AP Lizer. Now, coming up next... We've got our really good friend Larry Tassoni from the Megaplex. He buys the he's part of the film buying program there at Megaplex along with Cal Gunderson and others. We'll talk to him about what the industry is what what it's like working from home as a film buyer these days and a couple other cool things going on with Megaplex theaters as we roll on here on the movie zone. You're locked on to the movie zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Lizer on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Segment two of the movie zone. Austin Horton, Adrian Lizer here with you. And of course, soundtrack of the week. Joe Exotic right. has to be the it soundtrack. Be anything else. And uh, we'll talk about this, uh, I'm sure, not just more during this show, but the weeks to come. Not, I don't hate Joe Exotic's music. It's it's cheesy. It's, it's you know, ridiculous. But it sounds okay. I saw Tiger's a good song, dude. <laughs> I, 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 Tiger saw a man. Yeah. Yeah. So, not, not the worst, but, you know maybe the worst person <laughs> so as we talked about last segment uh but we've promised you a guest and by golly we'll give you a guest back on the movie zone once again as we told you he would be our good friend and uh, compadre Ti- uh, i almost called compadre. him i almost called him tiger king Tassoni. <laughs> i don't know why i almost went there but larry Tassoni of megaplex theaters is back on the show larry how are you man good to hear your voice i'm good thanks for having me on um love listening to you guys so um i'm just doing the work at home thing 
like most of us at Megaplex. And uh, yeah, just soldiering through right now. Yeah, it's weird not to have you in studio with us. You always join us here. Yeah, this is the first time we're talking um, via the interwebs here yeah. and the, the nice technology setups. But see, so, the uh, good news here is, Larry, I'm, a, I'm the type of person that doesn't like to put pants on. And when I'm at home, there there's a no pants policy at my house, so uh, you get the luxury of being on the movie zone pantsless if you'd like to be, uh, be by not being here. In I studio. recently I recently watched that new John Krasinski YouTube video okay. about his uh, some good news. Right. And he was wearing the old zoomies under the desk, so uh, <laughs> I had a plan ahead on something like that. Right. Now, Larry, before we get into some megaplex and movie news, we talked in the first segment about the Tiger King at, at length, but. Uh, I understand you have gotten a, an episode in. What is? Give me a one-word reaction to what you've seen so oh far. Wow. <laughs> I think that's the only word. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that was my initial response throughout the entire episode. Um, I mean, and this is coming from somebody who used to live in Florida, so I've seen some crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> what, what is up with that, uh, man? Why is Florida so uh, out there? It, 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 like, There's enough evidence the here. I think it's the heat and the humidity <laughs> just drives everybody crazy uh, and makes them come up with just the weirdest stuff you've ever, you, you couldn't even imagine you're on your own. So, um, but yeah, I'm very interested to see how the rest of the series goes. I'm sure I can draw some conclusions on, on my own, but how it actually plays out will be quite uh, entertaining, right. hopefully. Uh, entertaining and uh, heartbreaking and uh, vomit inducing is what you're in for. I'll just, uh, that that's planned on all. I of have us. taken very close notice to this point of how many people are missing limbs. Yes. So, Oh my gosh. That that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now you've seen more movies than, uh, I, I could even probably put a number to. Have you, uh, ever seen a, a cast of characters in a Hollywood fictional movie like you saw in just episode one of Tiger King? I can't even imagine having to cast this movie. Right. <laughs> um, and I think I've seen some articles online, but I didn't dig too deep into them uh, because of the spoiler alerts, but that were exploring the opportunity of trying to cast uh, the impending. I think they're uh, I, I did read that Kate McKinnon has bought the rights from Saturday Night Live and oh. she's producing uh, what's going to be a limited series uh, made made about it. And she's going to play. um Oh, I lost her name now, but the female park owner. Oh, that Car- is again, Carol Baskin. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's her. Okay, so um, so apparently it's already, those wheels are already in motion to some degree. Mm. Yeah, Joe, uh, uh, Joe has said that he would like either Brad Pitt or David Spade to play him. <laughs> so he, well, that's quite the range. Right, that's, uh, uh, that's you know, <laughs> that's casting a wide net. I mean, Joe Dirt yeah. makes sense here. Right. Yeah. I don't know if Brad Pitt yes. would, would make sense, but, you know, he's a good enough actor. Yes, exactly. That, that, that may be also, I can't think of a harder acting job to have to do than to match <laughs> the many, many personalities of the one Joe Exotic. I, yes. That would be a tough... Brad Pitt has uh, done some incredible roles. Yes. That would be his coup de grace, though. Yes, it would. To, to match that one. That, his Oscar moment there. Has, yeah. Do they eventually, and I guess this will get into some spoiler thing, do they eventually... Uh, reveal whether or not he does his actual singing on those country tracks that they play? Uh, they do not, but I will say that it has since been debunked that he is the actual singer. 
So, so he's not. He does not actually you. sing. But since they don't go into, into it in the show, uh, I'll, I can tell you that right now. Larry. That's a question I had as well, okay. because the, the guy who was singing those songs has a great voice. Right. I saw a Tiger. I don't hate, a bad song. I, I don't hate the music, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought the exact same thing. Man, this guy can sing. And then you'd go to his interviews, and I thought, you know, there's a lot of times where people's singing voices don't necessarily match your image of them. Right. But this, these don't seem to link up. This is like a Millie Vanilli kind of scenario <laughs> we've got going on here. <laughs> well, Larry, while well, we've got you and you're uh, quarantined at home and working from home, uh, first of all, we, we gave a big heartfelt thanks to all the Megaplex workers management employees ownership last week and we wanted to extend that to personally uh continuing the the good work there at megaplex even though it'd be f- uh, a, an away game of sorts from home now how has it been working uh your job from home rather than uh, at the theater well i appreciate that i i immediately want to reciprocate that to you as a loyal zone listener um it's really great that you guys are helping provide us all some normalcy in these times even though we don't have specific movies or sports to talk about. Um, you guys, I'm sure, are where become kind of extended family to a lot of your your listeners, myself included. And everything uh, you guys do daily uh, allows me, as I'm working from home and listening, to just kind of feel like I'm still in a in a normal place. So I appreciate that from, from your side of things. Um, on our side of things, at Megaplex, uh, we're just trying to take advantage of this time that we've been given. You know, this intermission period, as we've been branding it, uh, has afforded us some really exceptional opportunities to improve everything from our operations to our facilities, brainstorm some great ideas. And we've got a lot of creative people working behind the scenes to help us make Megaplex better. Um, and that also includes lots of feedback from our loyal fans and and moviegoers uh megaplex has evolved in its 20 years to what it is today because of that enthusiasm that we get from our guests and so thanks to the guests and loyal fans of megaplex out there because without them uh, we wouldn't be able to keep doing what we love to do and evolve our business into what those guests want so big thanks to everybody out there uh, Larry, I wanted to ask you, uh, as you're, and I don't know if we mentioned it, but Larry works as a film buyer for Megaplex. And so um, he often, uh, for our show, which let's just continue to thank each other, uh, he always gets, <laughs> us, always gets us hooked up with uh, screenings. No, and, let's thank me. Uh, I mean, no, that's fine. Both yeah. of us. And as as we've been told, we're not critics, uh, but we still get to go see some of these. Well, I was told that Austin wasn't. but um, I don't want to be. Yeah, but anyway. Um, so, I think Austin received official documentation. Correct. About he signed my name and then. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. Um, but anyway, so part of what you when we talked during the week that we can go a little behind the curtain here is that Larry kind of says, hey, I saw this. And maybe this is kind of like a projection of maybe what um, he believes maybe it'll earn across the country, across the world. So it's, I always find that very interesting, Larry. Um, but my first question to you is as things get pushed back, what do you kind of foresee as the timeline for some of these big releases? Cause you often see in Hollywood that a lot of these movies try to avoid each other. Right. And they try to release on times where they're not competing for that dollar, but it seems like we may have a situation where we're seeing a ton of movies, blockbuster major hits kind of out at the same time. What do you foresee maybe as that timeline? Well, you're absolutely right. The studios, uh, I had a conversation uh, with one of our studio partners last week 
it's funny. I think we're interacting on a, on a more personal or daily basis than we do normal because now yeah. we have all this time to do it. But, uh, and as she put it to me, they have rooms of nerdy, geeky, statistical guys that try and figure out the perfect release dates for their films. Hmm. And uh, they're crunching all those numbers. I guess I imagine like just like a room full of David Locks and they're, you know, just <laughs> crunching all the statistics and then trying to figure out when the when the perfect time for the next Fast and Furious movie is to come out and things like that. So early in that case. Yeah. um, right now there's a lot of that going on um, because of the uncertainty of when it will be okay for these films to reopen they're all kind of jockeying for position um, but they put a lot of work and effort into that I know a lot of our initial thoughts on this process were that well we might be closed for a little while we you know taking this intermission but when we come back, we're going to have all these great movies coming out at, uh, at the same time, maybe two and three blockbusters in a given week. Right. I think the reality of that has evolved into something different because not only have the release dates been shifted, but productions have shut down on a worldwide wide scale. For example, today we got word about uh, the upcoming films from Illumination Studios, their studios, their animation studios, which are headquartered in France have been closed down for quite a while. They've had to push uh, their two upcoming animated features, the Minions Rise of Gru, uh, that sequel to next July and the sequel to Sing next December. And so I think what we're actually seeing is a domino effect of with productions being slowed or shut down completely, instead of us having a backlog of huge blockbuster films to release all in a small window of time, things will start to spread back out. And it's almost like you would take the schedule that was supposed to come out in the next three months and just pick up the whole schedule and shift it over and then put it back down. And, and now these movies will start to evenly spread out. So uh, it's, it's uh, causing the studios to have to reevaluate and recalculate when their openings are going to come out. We also got word that the Top Gun sequel has been rescheduled for a Christmas release. Uh, so that'll be a really exciting film to happen, have in the theaters at Christmas time. Hmm. So um, there's a lot of that going on on their side of things, which I think in the end will help moviegoers not have to pick and choose and, and almost have too much content in the marketplace at the same time. This I know one thing for sure. Christmas 2020 is going to end up being everybody's favorite Christmas ever, no matter what your hobbies or interests are, because <laughs> it will all be back at one time, and it'll be just so exciting. Now, uh, you, we had Blake Anderson, president of Medicaplex, join us last week, and of course he announced the uh, the curbside and delivery services of the concessions for Megaplex, and that's been a real big success. My question to you, Larry, is uh, how excited were you to find out that you, yeah, you have to work from home, but the, the biggest thing was you were going to miss out on the Megaplex popcorn. But no more, sir. You can get that still at home as you work from home. Oh, I was trying to work my own connections to sneak into one of the theaters um, and pop my own kettle of popcorn because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm as much a popcorn fanatic as the next person. So <laughs> I was really excited when we started to explore this opportunity. And, you know, this was something, again, that was was driven by our guests and our fans. We started to get we were we had been talking about it prior to our intermission as an added feature for our app and for our guests to be able to 
pre-order your concessions before you even come in the building. This expedited the process and and um, we really, all of our team worked so hard to drive this uh, to a place where we could execute it for our guests a lot faster than we uh, initially thought. And mm-hmm. so I got pictures from Blake in that first weekend of the district with cars wrapped around the building waiting um, to, you know, patiently waiting for their pickups. And so um, the guests have have really enjoyed being able to have another thing that brings them some normalcy. If they have to do their movie nights at home, now they can do it with, with their own Megaplex uh, popcorn. And because of the, the feedback that we got the, uh, from our guests, we at select locations uh, starting this week, we are uh, going to have some expansion into our Cheeto popcorn, our kettle corn, drinks are now going to be available, uh, ICs, our uh, our guest favorite candies will be available as well. Um, so yeah, I guess definitely want to, uh, check out our app and see which locations we've expanded to this week and, uh, those new options because, um, it's really exciting. It's such a big, I know someone who, uh, more than once they, they prefer to see their movies at Megaplex, not just for the concessions, but that's number one for them, but also just, just a better overall experience. But more than one time, they've gone to a movie, and the time that was at the showing didn't fit into their schedule at Megaplex. So what they did was they went and got their concessions at Megaplex, walked and got their concessions, then snuck them in to the other theater that they were going to watch them. That's how big of a following and a fan base there is on just the concessions for Megaplex theaters. And as Blake said last week, that's because Larry and Gail, when they started this thing, they said, we're not going cheap. We're going high quality stuff right down to their, they're still there. They still do the buckets, Larry. No more, not the, not the paper bag, cheap way of doing it. They go with the buckets. Absolutely. You know, we, that was Larry and Gail's. They, you know, they have a lot of things that drive us to this day, not being the theater where your shoes stick to the floor, um, all the way up to the, the high quality popcorn buckets. And absolutely, you know, we make sure that even if it's at a higher cost to us, that we're providing our guests with the best possible experience from top to bottom. So, and we have plenty of guests who just, we walk that we watch them walk in our buildings fill up their mega tubs, <laughs> buy a popcorn and walk right back out because they just need their fix of their popcorn. So, hmm. you know, now they can get it. Uh, we have witnessed that when we've gone on remotes. For Austin sure. And, I. Yeah. and uh, it's, and why wouldn't you? Yep. Especially absolutely. with those mega tubs. Uh, Larry, let me ask you another, uh, just the business side of the, of the movie world is this. We've talked a lot the last couple of weeks about um, some films being released just straight on demand. And uh, like Trolls is going to be doing that. There's a couple, there's movies that were just in theaters that have sped up their release to be video on demand. What do you think of this? And uh, is it kind of a sustainable thing that we may see more with smaller productions as uh, more movies get released at once? Well, filmmakers make their movies to be seen in theaters. The movie going experience on a communal level, presentation level, it's very important. And while video on demand is something that will get us through this intermission break, I don't necessarily foresee it being the trend. Uh, I think a lot of our guests uh, and the studios, that's the way that they want their, their films seen and experienced. And you just, you don't get that as good, you know, as, as good as some of these home theater systems may be, you're just, you're not going to get that same experience uh, sitting on your couch. So, it's something that 
is allowing the studios because they're businesses as well, as much as they're making art or entertainment, uh, they're businesses that are trying to keep their employees going, um, keep their productions going. So the video on demand is kind of a bandaid for the situation right now, but I don't necessarily foresee it becoming the norm. Yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, now, we've had a few movies that we were all looking forward to have see, see uh, in, in the theater that the release date has come and gone as coronavirus has delayed them or postponed them and pushed them out. But you, being the film buyer and in the, in the, the work that you do there, you get a chance to see some extended uh, trailers or extended footage that others uh, may not have seen because that's your job. You have to see some of this stuff to then uh, approve the purchase and get them in the theater. One of those movies that I, you know me, Larry, I'm not horror film guy. I don't like scary movies, but A Quiet Place, somehow it got through under my radar. I allowed it into my <laughs> eyeballs, and I was really excited about A Quiet Place, too. What, have been, what has been the uh, industry's reaction to that, and what can we look forward to when that eventually does uh, get released in theaters? Well, you're absolutely right about the first A Quiet Place film. I think what John Krasinski was able to accomplish was one of these really unique movie-going experiences. I mean, I don't think anyone will or can remember a time where you'd go in to a, see a film and the entire audience had this shared experience where nobody would make a sound. Nobody wanted to crunch their popcorn. Nobody wanted to open their package of red vines or jiggle the ice in their, in their Coke. Um, and it made this really unique movie going experience that almost feels like it's once in a generation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really hard to duplicate something like that, but it's, I think it's something that people, regardless of being fans of the horror genre or not, were able to still in, uh, enjoy because it just, it created this communal feeling. And that I guess brings back to the importance of seeing things and seeing films in the theaters. But uh, I was able to see some extended footage of the second film, I can say that sequels are really hard to um, to top the original film. But my opinion was what they showed of, of this film got as close to being as good as what the original film was. Really? Whilst in a different tone. I think they, they avoided the trap of trying to recreate and just do the first movie all over again. And when this film does come out, which it has now been dated with a September 4th release date. So we now can put that on our calendars as something to look forward to. I think guests are going to be so excited to see this second installment from the quiet place universe. Uh, if it continues beyond this. So what, um, it's yeah. Based on what you saw, you would, you would anticipate people thinking this is as good, if not better than the first one. Is that what I'm I, gathering? Uh, that's how I felt, yes. You know what, uh, before I ask you about another movie, you know what I thought was a, a huge success of A Quiet Place? 90 Minutes. Is they told an incredible story in a, sh you know, by today's standards, a relatively short window and left it in a place where like, okay. It was we're snappy. We're ready yeah. for a sequel. Yeah. So um, that's exciting. Yeah, that is a big deal. I mean, a lot of, a lot of times I think filmmakers – can get bogged down in, in adding too many details to the story. Right. And with a 90 minute runtime, it's really short and sweet. It, it, it does what it wants to do and, and then you're done. And that can be uh, even more satisfying. So uh, speaking of uh, you, you 
formed my next question for me, Larry. So good job there. Uh, it was uh, you were talking about how sequels are difficult. Another thing that is always up for debate is these live action remakes of right. Disney films, and do they capture the same level of you know they're they're fighting nostalgia? I think a lot of these Disney remakes are, and uh, as much as us and I love most of them, is they still get a lot of pushback. One that is getting that they've almost gone away from the originals the cartoon version is mulan um have you have you heard anything about mulan and what can audiences expect from that film compared to the original well not the original but the disney original yeah the this film uh was another one because while we were still on track for that march release date uh we were doing our our normal research before the opening and was able to to uh, see some of that extended footage of this film as well and I had the same reservations, I think, as a lot of people. This not being a musical, uh, live action, going ha- carrying a PG-13 rating, I thought, oh, boy, you know, what's this going to be? But um, it was really creative the way that they were able to implement music from the original film in subtle ways. I, I don't want to give, you know, any spoilers out there. Um, make references to some of the characters that maybe don't make it into this version. Uh, it was all done really seamlessly and still allowed this version to have its own voice and be a, a little bit more dramatic in its tone. So I think fans of the original that are the hardcore fans uh, will still be able to find a lot of pleasure in watching this film because it makes those nods back to the original Um, while still having its own voice that's a little bit more current for the times. So we were really excited for this film and uh, will be when we get that official release date for it to come out. I think our Megaplex fan base in Utah supports the Disney releases as one of the the top studios and genres, and uh, this won't be any different. That was going to be my, my question is this is a big Disney fan market. I would I would put our market up against any others that said we're number one Disney. I'd say no, 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 no. You come out to Utah and Salt Lake City and try to say you're number one out here. You think that the big Disney fans out here are still going to be approving of the Mulan uh, live action, huh? Oh, absolutely. And you're and you're absolutely right about the Utah fan base. The studios know that Megaplex movie fans are tops in the world when it comes to these types of films. And we have conversations with our studio partners all the time. I remember when one of the uh, Marvel movies came out a few years ago, it might've been the Guardian sequel, talking with Disney reps uh, about our success on the opening weekend and them talking, sharing conversations they had had with the director of the film about how Utah and our fan base, we overperform on on their on their films whether it's the marvels or the disney animated or the live action remakes so hollywood knows hollywood knows uh megaplex movie fans and utah movie fans that they're you know they're really important to their releases so when this movie comes out and if you think about the most of the marvel films and the star wars films that also come from disney they carry the pg-13 rating so um it's still a disney film and it's high quality family entertainment that uh, our fan base should really like. Uh, all right. Well, before we let you go, we had one of the harder to choose an answer for poll questions in the history of the movies on this week. And that was, we're looking for the most motivational or inspirational movie you've ever seen. And because you've seen almost literally every movie that was ever released 
Larry Tassoni. I would expect that your list of motivational movies is even more uh, longer than ours is to choose from. But first one that comes to your mind, most motivational or inspirational movie you've ever seen is? I think I'm going to give you a specific scene from a movie. Okay. Film, the film, I think, itself um, is very inspirational in its whole story. The, there's a specific scene, and it comes from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and it's when Aragorn is giving his speech in front of all of the, all of the troops before they mount their assault on Mordor to distract so that Frodo can destroy the ring. I get goosebumps and chills. Larry, to this Larry my guy, I was going to say Return of the King as well. So we are on the same yeah, page I mean, like the, the whole series of the films uh, is definitely inspirational, you know, the, the bond of the fellowship yes. and, and everything. But that boy, that scene when he when he's addressing everybody, uh, that just that gives me goosebumps every single time. And then the first ones into the battle are the, the hobbits or they try to be. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. Inspiring uh, too. I mean, yeah, there's just so many el- inspirational elements throughout those all three of those films. Um that's yeah that that's probably what immediately jumps to my mind and then when dumbledore comes in and saves hey, the day watch that's my, it oh no watch different it. okay right. watch it also inspiring are the <laughs> harry potter films but no they're not. now look i was just about to say that what peter jackson did was take a really 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 boring set of books and made it into really good movies and then what warner brothers did was take a really really good set of books and make them into boring movies i uh, disagree but uh we'll talk about that next week oh, right, we talk right, about yeah, okay yeah for sure all right larry well thanks for your time uh we miss you bud but we're grateful that we got to join you or have you join us uh, via the, the internet the interwebs this week anyway and hopefully we'll get together soon in person if not uh keep doing what you're doing we're we're, we're still in love with and a big fan of the megaplex i know you guys are still as busy as ever if not busier and uh keep doing the good work over there thanks larry thanks a lot all right our thanks to uh, larry tessoni and really everyone over at megaplex theaters always fun to have them be part of the show not fun uh vital to have them part right. of the show because like uh, like you and I talk all the time, and we mentioned in the segment with Larry, uh, we we aren't critics. We're just two guys that like movies, talking about movies. So to have movie people be part of the show legitimizes the movie zone, and sure. we thank them for every second that they join us on the air. And rest assured, the intermission at Megaplex, it's intermission for us, the patrons, as far as going in and watching movies. You can still, of course, as we mentioned, get the, the snacks and things. But uh, it's not intermission for the people in charge over there. They are working tirelessly right. to make sure that this thing comes back with a roar, and we know for sure it will. Well, and, every, and everyone we talk to from Megaplex has the exact, you know, they all have the same answer. That everyone's working to get through the intermission, and uh, it's going to come back better, bigger and better. It's yep. going to be fun. All right. Uh, if you missed it, this uh, that episode, well, this whole episode will be at uh, 1280thezone.com as soon as uh, we finish airing, we'll, which we'll do next with the poll question of the week you heard larry's answer you heard your answer adrian yes you've not yet heard my answer or the listeners answers at austin horton at ap lizer on uh, twitter the most inspirational or motivational movie you've ever seen we'll get to your answers next here on the movie zone i saw tiger now i understand you're locked on to the movie zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Lizer on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, final segment of the Movie Zone this week. Wow, what an incredible show, and we're looking at the clock going, what? Yep, it's gone, and man, it's fun. Appreciate everybody listening and every week, especially in times like this. And we will pay off the poll, the poll question of the week in full next week. 
the most inspirational or motivational movie you've ever seen. We got so many responses to that poll question. We want to give you the due time that you're deserving right. of. We'll we'll get to it in full next week on the Movie Zone. But uh, Ashton, Jeremy, Mike, Aaron, JW, Nora, Big Vic, Mike, and others, Chad. We saw it. We see your answers. We appreciate your answers. We will give you a full segment next week yes. on motivational and inspirational movies. Because who doesn't need motivation right now anyway, so we might as well use it. And, you know, my answer uh, this week for that answer with that question would have been Cinderella Man. Okay. Uh, you know, Russell Crowe and uh, Renee Zellweger. Good answer. Uh, similar things happening in that movie that are happening around us these, time, these days, as far as ec- the economy and things mm-hmm. like that go. Next week, I might have a different answer for you. But it's important for us all to stay motivated, stay inspired, and stay as positive as we can while being cautious and smart about our current environment. Yep, I totally agree. And everyone stay safe, stay home, and uh, if you can. See what you did there. Yep, stay safe, stay home if you can. And uh, we'll talk to you next week uh, on this show. We're excited. So for uh, Cool Cat Adrian and uh, Cool Kitten Larry Tazzoni. Uh, I'm Austin. That's not going to work. They're going to be mad. But, uh, you know, watch Tiger King. Make sure the kids are in bed before you turn it on. We'll talk to you next week on the Movie Zone.